Are you unable to concentrate on the tasks at hand? Do you need help focusing more or leveling up your game? Here's a tip. Try Cognizant Citicoline, clinically studied to support mental energy, focus, memory, and attention. Cognizant supports brain health and supplies the brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Cognizant is a leading nootropic featured in over 200 products. This podcast is powered by Cognizant. Visit Cognizant.com to learn more and find a product to help you fuel your day. Ready to achieve great heights? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Power Your Performance, powered by Cognizant, is thrilled to have Salem Time back with a co-author, Robert Hunt. You guys are authors of Nobody Cares. Yes. Until you do. First of all, it's great to have you back. Thank you for having um, me back. One, one really of the it. most popular Record. sessions, both anecdotally, and I have no idea what the metrics, but I, I hear just wonderful Off things. Off the chart, I'm sure. It was, because... He's just a great guest and, 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 a, and a great individual. Well, and, and we referenced when you were here the fact that we're, you're writing this book. Yes. And we, we very casually referenced what it was about, and I'm fascinated by it, and said, as soon as it's out, we're coming back. Yes. Drag your butt, that's for the producer, <laughs> back <laughs> with, with Robert, and it's a pleasure to meet you yeah, and, and get to know you just a little with, with your history. We'll get to what this yeah. is about shortly. More importantly... What are you guys about? I'm gonna since you've been here, yeah. and we'll fill in your gaps. Peer groups. You, yeah. You're you're an Orange County, California guy who decided to relocate to Texas. I think Best in Texas there's a phrase for that. I always forget what what they call it, but there's there's something about the migration from Californians to Texas, and not all of yes. it I think is um, complimentary. No, um, no. I know what they're talking about. Uh, it's that mindset that you know I didn't like California and how corrupt it was, so I'll bring all that here. Yeah, some, and try and replicate it. That's the nonsense. Yeah, of it, that, yeah that's we that, like to come into Texas because we like what Texas stands for. Yeah. It's the best country in America. Yeah, it, <laughs> I hear it's a seeding from the union. Someday. Yeah, but someday. So you come to Texas. Yeah. And give me the, the snippet of that journey, what you did here, because that will lead into how you met Salem and, and the background for the book. And then we'll talk about um, really the, the, the core proposition of the book that yeah. is just fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. And the, the key of, of what drives me is this quest to live out my personal purpose. I defined it by reading a book by Cheryl Batchelder called Dare to Serve Leadership. Yeah. And in that book, she talks about understanding your personal purpose. And when I went through and I defined it, I, I was able to define my personal purpose as helping people remove obstacles that keep them from being their best. And in my career in marketing, I wasn't able to do that. Most companies don't really understand marketing. They think it's a web page or they think it's a, <laughs> let's do some SEO or pay-per-click. Those are pieces of marketing. Marketing is the alignment of everything you are and aren't around a very clear and compelling vision. And I couldn't get most of my jobs, the careers I had to play along with that. It was a very frustrating career. When I moved to Texas, I decided to do marketing consulting on my own. And I did that for a couple of years. But again, I couldn't find people who would really embrace yeah. me really putting strategy together. Yep. They just want, give me a website, give me this. 
And so when I met the guy who had bought the franchise to Renaissance Executive Forums Peer Groups, he was telling me what they do. I'm so, so, so people pay you money to help them and, and you <laughs> get to actually job. care for them? Yes. And <clears throat> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that one meeting I, I did, I committed. I said, I, I got to do this. This is who I am. And I signed a contract. I started doing it a, couple, a month later. And, and it was a slow burn. But 12, 10 years coming up this next year, I'll be 10 years doing it. So Congratulations. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. And it's within that. You know, the interesting own thing that you, you reference about marketing and marketing consultant, because I, I do have a marketing company. What people don't realize that I think is that they have to craft their story. Yes. You know, everything else is a tactic, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's SEO or a website or it's an email campaign, they're just tactics to yeah. support a story and a strategy. Yeah. And most people don't understand that you really need an overarching strategy, not only for marketing and business, but your own life. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, Absolutely. and your own family, that there is a strategy of what you want the result to be. Yeah. And that takes time. It takes effort. It takes thought. And a vision of what you and want. A vision purpose. And, and, and understanding work. how you get there. Yeah. And, yeah. and how, as we talked earlier, and hopefully we get to there today, is how it's the journey that changes. Yes. Yeah to get to where you're going to get to. So it's through the peer group. You two wonderful guys met. Yeah. Love at first sight. Yeah, totally. Uh, Who asked out uh, first? I asked him out. You asked him out first. Okay. He said yes. And he said he was easy. And everything. Oh, yeah. I think most people. But you're in Texas now. Most people about it were here in Texas, right? Yeah, I was easy and joined one of Robert's peer groups and just really loved the environment, loved the support, the outpouring from the peer group of, of of support and just love, which is a which is a difference. When you get into a peer group, sometimes you think you're going to just all talk about business and and you're going to be comparing each other's business acumen or something. And that doesn't really happen in the groups. It's more about how can we each help each other. Mm-hmm. And what I learned through that is most of us really have very little idea of what we're doing. Even if we've been in charge of a company before, we've done anything, you haven't done something. Right. right. Like there's something that I so had. There done. is a fear of getting caught. Yeah. And, and all of us had the same fear, which is like, I wonder if someone's going to find out yeah, that I don't know no how way. to do this. Right. And what I realize is nobody out there really knows how to do every different type of business. Right. Like so. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Right. But but in your head, you're like, oh, I need to know everything. And, and that was such a liberating experience for me personally to be around other people that just admitted, like, I have no idea how to do this. And then someone else would be like, oh, I do. And, and, you know, amongst the 10 people or 12 people, it depends on the size of the peer group, you realize that all of us are going through the same journey of just trying to learn. Even though it's a different version, it's still a person problem. It's people, cash, technology, and time. Those four things are all, we all struggle with them. His happens to be, whether it's oil and gas or the virtual reality gaming world, his is about staffing, his is about construction. It's still people, time, cash, technology. Oh, I think every business is essentially the same once you learn the language of the business. Yes, absolutely. You still have awareness and trial and use and evangelism and and what have you. But once you learn that, you know, what struck me in terms of how you were describing the peer group that, 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 that your business is about and, and tangentially talking about gaming, which we'll get to is that what you're really talking about is a small community Yes, Mm -hmm. and gaming is all about community. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, gamers have always, the games have been transient. 
but the communities the, survive. The tribes, the tribes survive. And, and, and they care about each other. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say socially, you know, people will say, well, they're not social, right? Because they're not engaging in their own way. In their own way. But they're incredibly social. Yeah, and really. they know whose parents are happy or who's divorced, who's going where, who yes. has things, who doesn't without asking necessarily the question. And, and it, 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 what drew me to gaming was the fact that it was the community mm. that sustained everybody individually and not the game. And, you know, Fortnite yeah. three years ago was the rave of the rave of a rave. And, yes. you know, I was getting phone calls from people saying, you got to talk to my kid, it's causing a divorce. Well, it's your kid, <laughs> I don't know, it's your wife. What am I supposed um, to say? What am I supposed to say to them? <laughs> don't take Fortnite away because then I got to take my kid's Fortnite away. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> and I'm not ready to do that yet. But it's all about that, that community. I'm assuming then that your peer group, and, and what you fell in love with mm -hmm. was the community, and from that trusted community yes. came beneficial tactics, acts, and what have you, and a safe environment to say, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely. And and that's pretty powerful, I would think, and I'm not a, a, a sociologist, but I would think it's very difficult for men necessarily in a peer group, exact business executives to actually. It can be just as tough for women too. Be that vulnerable. The the men's side is we got ego that we think we have to look like we yeah. know everything, yeah. but I think the women carry a big burden too because they have to prove that they're as tough as the guys, and, or, and they've got just competent. It's competent. I mean, the girl, the women in our group are badasses. Amazing. I'd put up Tammy and Barbie and Mindy and and Lisa, all these people, and Jolene, Absolutely. up against anybody. Well, and do do they want? And we're going to get in the book sooner. I can talk for fifteen thousand hours about this stuff, but <laughs> yes. we're going to get to the book shortly. Was there an interest for either men or women to have a homogeneous group that women wanted a female group, peer group? Women want more of that than men do. Men. The guys, well, we're naturally pigs. We always. And so I mean, the, having a woman in the group kind of takes it up a notch just from a class perspective. Yeah, it does. But always. no one's ever said we don't want women in the group. But there have been women who said I don't want to be in a guy group because I don't need to deal with their ego. And they've had such a crappy journey in a lot of ways. They're treated so unfairly in so many ways that they're fighting against the thought before the reality ever gets there. Whereas guys are like, I don't care. You know, but you have to class up. Now you have to behave. Right. Yes. You so, you know, our, our first so group, we had four dudes. Yeah. And then as yeah. we kind of merge in and bring They had a shower women, first. Yeah, <laughs> practically. Our shower is still optional. I've always, I've been in, I've been, when I was in the military, I was in during the integration for females in the military where we were, I was in one of the first boot camp integrated divisions. And then in nuclear, when they finally allowed women to be in, in nuclear power. And like it always classed the place up. It always became no longer just the childish, you know. Like we like when you get put a group of guys together, I think we all turn into like eight third year old graders. eight year old boys, yeah. right? Yeah. Third, oh, there you go, figure. That's the same year. <laughs> so yeah, it's like eight year old boys, and and we really just degenerate down to the yeah. lowest level of our, yeah. our, you know, our. Oh, there's no question we do. I mean, I have lunch every <laughs> year with my three closest friends from high school. We only see each other once a year in May. Part of that's geographical, but we do that. And when we see each other, we are back in high school. Yeah. We, we say yeah. the same silly things that we yeah. did then. We still think they're funny. Yes, of course. Um, I'm, not they so, are. I'm not so sure. They, they probably are <laughs> no to at least else us. They are. <laughs> right. And we give each other, you know, the wrath of everything that we, we do. And, yeah. and we do. And we're comfortable doing that. It's, a, it's actually going back to a happy time yeah. in, in, in many respects. So it's all good. So nobody cares until you do. Where did the title come from? Mm -hmm. So this is actually, I, 
we struggled with the title to, to start with because when you're writing a book and it's our first book and you want people to read it and you want to change lives and that was really our mission behind this we you know you have like five or six titles and you start saying okay and, and we have a publisher and so they, they they throw their title ideas and everything in there but it really comes from one story that's in the very beginning of the book and i think this story's fantastic and it happened to robert I'll let him tell it because he tells it much better than me. But he said these two words during the story. And I, I honestly, I fell in love with the two words. And I pushed, in my mind, I wanted a book to be that. But, you know, you start to talk yourself out of it. And then Robert, I told Robert, I think, what about this? And he's like, oh, we might offend some people with this, right? And then about a day later, you're like, no, that's the right one. That's the right term because... What it is, is is two words that we ask the readers to tell themselves. And, and we'll talk, let, I, I want Robert to tell the story because it's, it's one of my favorite stories in the book. And, and this book is just a collection of stories okay. from both of our lives yeah. about what our journeys and about how we've struggled with accountability, personal accountability, and, and the moments that we've fallen down. And, 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 it, and it's really structured in a way that allows the reader to see that we're all the same. And we all struggle with the same things. Maybe they're named different stings, but they're all the same journey of struggle and how to move yourself really from a place of life happens to you, right? And life is steering you as to where you steer life. Right. And, and so that, that's, that's one's a victim mentality, one's the victor mentality where life does what you ask it to do. Right. And so uh, I want so to tell, tell the story. Yeah, the story. I want to hear the, the story. short version of it is that my right. son is at the age where you blame everybody. Okay. And bad teachers and right. bad bad guys at school and everyone was the blame, and it, it culminated with the night we were supposed to hang out and he walks in the door and says, "Oh, stupid Taco Bell," and, I, oh, and how late how late was he? Like two out? hours late. Two hours late. You know, to hang and out we're just too. gonna watch a movie and eat some pizza, which was cold by then, obviously. And uh, he he goes on to this tirade about how they got their order wrong at Taco Bell and I'm like, why were you at Taco Bell? You're supposed to be here two hours ago. Well, I stopped by to see my girlfriend. She wasn't feeling good. And so I decided to take her to talk about, wait, well, you're supposed to be with me. Why are you taking your, and all these things he did wrong to not do what he was supposed to do. But then he blames Taco Bell. And, and I said, James, nobody cares whether or not you did this or that. <laughs> they just care. You don't show up. Right. And your teacher doesn't care whether or not you didn't get any sleep. Yep. And your right. boss won't care whether or not you're having a fight with your wife when you're on your way to work. Absolutely. They don't care if you don't take care of your car and it breaks down. They care your butt wasn't here when we needed mm -hmm. you. And yes. we all sat around waiting for you for an hour right. and the client didn't give it. That's what they care about. And it was at that time of his age where he was having a lot of excuses. So I'd say, James, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And he'd stop saying that. And I'd say, well, <laughs> as soon as you stop bringing up lame excuses, I'll stop saying that. But I really wanted him to say, say to yourself, and yes. this is where it's really important if you, when you get the book, you don't run around the world saying to everyone, hey, nobody cares, nobody cares. Yes. That's mean. But if you're about to roll out some lame excuse or some reason why you can't mm -hmm. do something or blame someone else, just say, wait, wait, nobody cares whether or not I'm happy about this. Nobody cares if my parents yes. didn't love me. At the end of the day, you are a person in society who has yes. to function in this world. And you need to get your act together and figure out what, if you have to change something, change something. If you need help, get help. But nobody cares about your lame excuse until you do. Good for you. To change yes. it. Good for you because that's not easy to do as a parent. No. To make your kids accountable for themselves first. Yes. Right? And, yeah. you know, it's like anything. If you're not vested, you're not vested. And, yeah. and then, then the result means nothing because you don't really care yeah. so let me pick it back off that one word real quick you, you just said make your kids accountable and we we emphasize nobody can make 
in right. Anyone they have to want to. You're 100 right. What I've yeah. got to do is teach him the reason behind why you should want yes. to be accountable. Because someday you're going to want a decent job, and someday you're going to want to buy a house. You want to be happy. You're going to be married. You're going to be married, and, you're, and your spouse is going to say, "Hey, wait a second. You were supposed to pick the kids up." Or, hey, you're supposed to keep a job so we can pay our rent. And those things that you don't care about at some point will really matter. So at, at this age, when you have to see a vision of why it matters, where you care enough to do yeah. something about it, that's the discipline we want our kids to embrace. But when you're young and everything's a big deal, simple as bad lunches, everything's a big deal, you, it's hard to teach that mindset. Yeah. It's hard to, and it's also, I think, and not, not necessarily in your family, but generationally, Yes, you know, they haven't really been tested. To a no. certain extent, right? right? You know, my generation, the worst thing that happened to my generation, I guess, was the Vietnam War that we yep. all spent, you know, certainly my peer group yeah. of doing everything not to serve. Yes. Right. Yes. I mean, right. whether it was draft lawyers or whatever it is. So yeah. we'd never School, really had to be anything, tested right? yeah. to the extent. I think this generation now, interesting, we'll see 10, 15, 20 years if COVID tested them because mm -hmm. it's so changed educationally it changed their social environment it changed their freedom to go and do yes. they were sitting at you know the, the kids that were still living at home were at home and all the yeah. kids that couldn't go to school that came home and all of a yeah. sudden they had freedom and didn't have freedom it'll be interesting to see how that test if that was such a test i think it created changes. more fear in my son he's a great young man he's 20 years old he's a great dude but the, his generation, the people he hangs with, all think the world's getting worse. In the very yeah. near future, it's yes. all going to be much worse. And we lived through 9-11. We lived through all kinds of really hard times. We've lived through tragedies, and we survived. My son, as a little, as a 17-year-old boy, 18-year-old boy, almost 18, graduated high school you know, in, in COVID, right. where you walked in the soccer stage eight feet apart, so you didn't somehow get COVID. <laughs> didn't have a prom. Everything yeah. didn't get shut yeah. down. I mean, and, and they, missed, you know, they missed all that. And, yeah. and those are... You know, pretty significant Formative. emotional building blocks for our generation yes. going back to, you know, a, lo a lot of my peer group are now having reunions, yeah. multi-year yes. reunions now because COVID killed them. And you look at your son's group in 40, 50 years from now having a reunion, what they're going to remember is we didn't have anything. Yeah. Remember that COVID thing. Right. And, and Which, there was no reward for the work that they put in, the hard work. And no so, question. So like the brain's really confused at, at that's important or not. And I think that's a, a thing that we have to think about, you know, with those generations. Is, yeah, it's real. Is, is where was the reward for their hard work? Where was the reward for that? Because if you don't receive the reward, then you're not going to value that later. So, you, think, so you go from nobody cares... <clears throat> to what I think the, the, you know, the most salient part of this is until you do. Yes, yes. And in there is a connection, right, there, of people going like your son guy, well, it's, it's Taco Bell, right? And when does and how does that light switch go on and say, I shouldn't have been at Taco Bell because I had made a promise to be with mom and dad. Absolutely. Pizza. Right. How, how does that? That I mean, do you address that? Yeah, yeah. So, so what, slowly. What, what, there's a couple things in, in here, <laughs> Good. And, and for anybody, you know, any of the, the the watching or listening, this book is different. There's two things we wanted to accomplish that were different in this book. Is one, we're completely transparent and open about our lives mm. in this book, and vulnerable, and vulnerable. And so, I think that's important because there's a lack of that in society. We all try to keep our our bad news private, right? No and, question. And we always look up to people that supposedly are, are great people, but probably have more trash than all of us no combined, question. right? Yeah. And so we're really exposed in there. And so we want to show people that when you do expose yourself, when you start to actually reveal who you are and what your problems and challenges are, then 
then you can start to solve them. But the part of this is so many leadership books or so many self-help books, and this is not a self-help book. It's not a leadership book. It is just a book of life. And most of them don't have anything actionable. So you read it and they say, try harder, right? right. You know, I, I, I listen to, to a motivational thing on the way here. And, you know, it's like, know your purpose and carry it with you every day. You, you know, are you physically carrying it? What are you doing? And, and they're very simplistic. Just try harder, be better. We, we have them all out there. I mean, it's not the secret where you just have to wish it and it comes true. You just have true. to wish it and come true, right? <laughs> if, if trying harder was the secret, then guess what? We'd all be there, we right? We'd all be there, yeah. So Hard what, as a relative tears. Yeah. yeah. And so what we have is in every chapter, we, we have actually tasks and exercises to do because what we wanted was we wanted to try to show someone how to do this because we're not taught like if i wasn't taught how to balance in my checkbook then guess what i don't know how to balance my checkbook and we all have to be taught these things because most of us are walking around in life right now completely unaware that all of our problems are solvable right and they're all on us to solve and so when we talk about the title of nobody cares until you do the truth is when you start caring about your life and you start doing your activities in there and you start to try to improve your life other people see it and other people want to be a part of it. Mm. I, I always took the example of you're, you're from LA. So there's plenty of people on every exit to the, to the, the all the off ramps asking for money, right? You see it out in, in every major city. We don't know their story, right? We don't know what's going on. We don't know how much they care. If we did know their story, the guy that has the resume out there, guess what? Thousand likes on whatever picture, no everybody loves them, gets a job tomorrow because he's or she is showing that they care, right? Right. They actually have a plan. They have something they want to do. And what, what happens? We all go around them. So what we're asking in the book is to understand what is wrong today and what you're doing. Cause if you're unhappy in any part of your life, not just the big parts, but any part of your life, there's something that you need to care about. And there's something that you can do. And once you start doing this and once you start improving it, it goes so fast. And it's so amazing because everybody else comes around and goes, oh, I see you've lost weight. But hey, you want to go to the gym with yeah, me? Yeah, well, then, then Right, all of a yeah. sudden, like the all the help reinforcement. Comes. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting, it's timely in many respects because what I've noticed recently in certainly entertainment and sports that there is an acknowledgement of mental health yes. issues. Yes. That yeah. if you go back five years... Nobody would have said, I'm canceling my tour or I'm retiring early for mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And you see it regularly yeah. in sport at collegiate professional Absolutely. where people are now saying, and then the teams and, and their peers are raising their hands and saying, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And, and that never seemed to be acceptable in, in our society. It was the un it's the unmeasurable part of our life. I can, I can measure so many things. I can't measure my emotions. Mm -hmm. And we've just did a, a study on margin in the last year talking about how too often we're just busy, but we're not productive. Right. And we get to a place where we're so overloaded that we're actually making bad productivity and we're actually making really dangerous bad decisions, but we're so yes. used to working full bore all the time that we just figure that's how it rolls. So you had a really crappy day, you're saddled with debt, your employee quit, your number one customer <laughs> says they're leaving you, your wife and you are having a fight, you go home, you haven't eaten that whole day, and you're frustrated, the bills are all piled up, and you're gonna sit down and do work at eight o'clock at night? No, it's not gonna but happen. But you do it all the time. You do it, and you question. just go, well, I, just, I gotta put my head down and get done. Yeah. But you're doing crappy work. Yes. And you're actually making really bad decisions yes. and you're ruining yourself because we've not accepted that the emotional and mental part of our life is real. How yeah. much do you think the proliferation of media 
in our lives, your kids' life, yeah. our lives, makes this even more difficult. We discussed that in the book. Actually. Do you really? Yeah. So, so, so talk to me about it. Because media the- has changed so dramatically in terms of, I don't know that there's any real media anymore. I think there's a Opinion media. Yes, yes. There's no factual media yes. anymore, and I don't care what you believe in on, on whatever side, whatever yeah. side, it whatever matter. it is. And that's true from finance to medical. To, it's entertainment it, more. It than... is. If you believe with me, you're going to watch me, and and, and yep. what have you. And when you look at you know, what, and what made me think about that was your your son's generation saying, we 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 actually don't see a future that's rosy and bright that most prior generations kind of thought they sort of had. Yeah. Yeah. And how much of that is driven from media globally mm-hmm. and what i look at is the fraud of facebook yes. where everybody's saying i'm on a boat and absolutely. everyone thinks it's their boat right yeah, absolutely. and it's not their boat it's not even a rental yeah. it's, <laughs> it's house sitting on a boat <laughs> yeah. for somebody for they, an hour and they a half by the boat and right stepped and, in there for and, and it's for sale because that guy couldn't afford it either but yeah and and they, they they paint these things and then somebody looks at their own life yes and says well, I don't have that. I don't care anymore because I, I don't have those things, and I and I feel worse. So yeah. tell me how media, in in terms of your thesis, plays into this. It, it's created a, a culture of comparison, more so, and it, and it continues to do this to where, you know, we used to be keeping up with the Joneses, but they, you you physically saw and you didn't know their truths and things like that, right? And that was one thing, but now with media, you're keeping up with everybody, right? And so what media is really focused on is showing you really a non-reality side of it, but picturing it as reality. So when you see the Facebook post or whatever else, you really think, wow, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my life? And so it's influenced us to try to compare. Instead of focusing on ourselves, we're focusing on others, right? And when you focus on others, you're not going to actually fix the things wrong in your life, the things that are unsettled in your life, right? Because you're now just trying to be what someone else wants you to be. Mm. Part of our process in this book is to understand who you are what's valuable to you. In the very beginning, we talk about your satisfaction wheels yeah. and we talk about what's, how do you really feel? And then we take you kind of on a journey of, is that true or not? Because most people, I think in the younger generations would take these satisfaction wheels and they'd really lower them down like a three, 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 three out of 10 on all these areas of my life. By comparison, By to, comparison somebody to somebody else. But then as you start to explore that and through the book, we take you through an exploration of that is, are you really unsettled about that or is that a reality or not? And in the middle of the book, we really talk about this and we say that you have to stand and maybe people will do it literally, but you have to be able to, in your life, stand in front of a 360 mirror, completely naked, understand who you are and embrace that. Mm-hmm. Because too often what we are in today is what someone else wants us to be. And we think that's an important thing as opposed to just being the beautiful, wonderful, awesome person that we were born as, right? And that's what we, we, we wrote this book is to encourage people to find out who you are, understand the areas that have been holding you back, and then just live free and happy and accountable. What's the chapter where we talk about now that you've done, take one of the goals, that take one of the things you're not satisfied with, but don't take the hardest one. It's like chapter yeah. three or four where yeah. we say, you know, if, as you're doing this, we want you to succeed. Right. If you take the one that's you're the worst, yeah, you don't, you'll do probably that. not you hit it. Steps. And if you take right. the one that's too easy, you're like, oh, that wasn't. So we take one that's kind of in the middle. But when you conquer something, you said it earlier, all problems are fixable and they all could be fixed by you. Yes. You just have to own it. You might need help. You need me to learn something, get something, but you, you still drive it. When I decide to sell my house and move out of my beautiful, comfortable home with a movie theater upstairs and this big old beautiful home and sell it and take all that money and pay off all my debt. 
that was really hard. It was embarrassing to have to have people know, why are you selling the house? You know, I didn't manage my money well, and I'm in debt, and I need to get out of debt. And so I had to eat that, and I moved into a little rental and started over. But because I conquered that, then I started thinking, hey, what else can I do? Yes, because you There's get other confidence. things. Now everything doesn't seem like such a big deal. So in my satisfaction, well, I may have said, I'm unhappy, unhappy, unhappy. But when I got that one done, I realized, you know, that one's not so bad. Yes. And I actually could fix this one really easy because if I could fix that, I could certainly fix this one. It inspired me to look at more areas of my life because I took control of one area. It fired me up to take control of other areas. And did you find that after you sold the house, and I I think what I'm hearing in your voice, and correct me if I'm wrong, that part of that, and I think it's one of the most powerful negative emotions that people feel is shame. Yes. Is if, you know, shame is like shackles, lots of things. And did you feel better the day it closed and you paid off the debt? Yeah, I really did. The the negative thing, the fear of going, oh my God, I'm doing this and people are going to look at me and say whatever it is they're going to say, that you go, I can breathe. I don't have to look Absolutely. at the, yeah, I don't breathe. care if the mail comes yeah. now. I remember waking up about a month afterwards. We'd already paid it because we didn't get the money right away. You get it you know, a little later. Then I had to coordinate all that. Yeah. But about a month later, I was debt free of everything. And I woke up one morning. I was sitting there spending time with the Lord. And I was quiet. And I was like, it's a weird feeling. What am I feeling? And I thought, oh, this is peace. Yeah, the first time. And I then. forgot what it's like to live <laughs> with peace because I had been burdened with my debt for so many years. Yep. I would wake up in the morning and say, no matter if I how good I do today, I'm still screwed. Yeah. Well, that doesn't fire you up to <laughs> no. make good decisions. <laughs> no, get up in the morning hey, for that. Yeah, ah. Congratulations for, for that journey, you. you know, before the book and everything else, because I think we've all been there. And if we haven't all <laughs> been there, I can tell you, I know what that's like. And, and it's, it's powerful, not in a positive way yeah. to be afraid of the phone and the door and the mail and, and, and all those yeah, kind of things. Yeah. And you realize somewhere you own yourself Yes, and you would say, this is my life and, and nobody else's, even though you have loved ones that depend on you and you depend on yeah. them. And that, and that's actually part of the book here is, is Robert went through this journey just before started writing and that yeah. was actually one Just of the before. is after i had introduced the, the accountability ladder and, and he had really absorbed it and wanted to change it and he went through this process and that's why this book when we wrote it we're just writing the stuff we've done and how it's worked and how it's affected our lives and hopeful that people read it and that this framework and this exercises are something that they can relate to just two normal guys yeah right like two guys that are out there in the world that are just doing their best we're not Elon Musk and, uh, you know, these guys that supposedly know everything, right? Even though we know they don't, but everybody out there is just a normal person. So if we could do it and Robert did it, and then we wrote this book about what his journey is in there. It's, it's explicitly written in there. And then my journeys as well, they're all the same. And so if we can do it, everybody can do it. And that was really what the message is. Which, which is fantastic. You know, we briefly talked before we started recording is tell me how this helps gamers yeah because <clears throat> i do have an interest in gamers and gaming me too. as you do yeah. and anybody that's interested can look at your last session yes definitely <laughs> and find out why even yeah. though you feel free to plug it again <laughs> yeah of course um, for Eva. but but you know gamers as part of a community and that's what as we said earlier what you're talking about tell me how gamers or uh, can use the tools and the yep. stories here to improve their world? Well, absolutely. If I think of the some gamers and the gamers that probably would benefit a lot from this, when if you've ever thrown a controller 
or if you've ever hit a keyboard or if you've ever just lost your mind while you're playing or you failed at something and it's affected your life and affected your happiness there's reasons you want to read this book, right? Which I would say is probably 99.9% of oh, gamers. Oh, we've all been there, right? We've all been there you know. because what it is, is is you actually at that moment are feeling victimized, right? And it's something in, in your, oh, it's the game, it's the lag, it's the this, it's the that, it's the whatever. My gun won't fire away. Right. You know, all these different things, right? But those are not things that are necessarily controllable or in your world right and right. so now you've victimized yourself and that's what happens when we're victims we have a lot of emotion and it comes out as emotion it comes out as anger it comes out as as just unhappiness unha right so let's say we've done that this book helps you in the first half of the book is all about victims it's all about these really nuanced ways that we've become victims in our society and being aware of it and and how we yeah, can we see it because most of us don't even know right right so most of us don't know so here's an example in one of the chapters we talk about weight and hope and wait and hope is not a strategy, right? So you are a victim if you are waiting for something to improve. Right. So let's say I'm out there and I want to become a competitive <coughs> gamer, right? And I can't crack, you know, whatever the limit is, right? Whatever that, that situation is. Are you going to continue to do the same thing you've always done and expect it to change, right? And, and we know that that's, that's not a strategy. No. But a lot of people do. And a lot of people have to. And then they're unhappy with it. And they're unhappy that it never happens. Why am I never this? Why am I never this? Why have I never been invited to this conference? Or why am I not on this team? Or why am I not whatever? That we have exercises in there that tell you like, okay, let's write that stuff down and write all the reasons that, that, that you're not this. And then now take the first three or four words, line out everything else. Because the only reality is that you're not. And so now with that knowledge and that nobody else cares that you aren't, right? right what are you going to do? do about it? And that, that, that's a hard thing, right? But that gives you a chance to actually, oh, crap, I have to do something about it. So what does it mean? Does it mean it's my diet? Does it mean that it's my routine, my gaming, my, you know, and I, I just recently talked to a great gentleman who runs an academy for, for training in esports. And he says, it's diet sometimes. Right. He tells me this great story of when he's, he's going to compete and he's in CSGO and he's competing. He's, he's you know, top top 0.1% in CSGO, right? And, and he's, he's at a competition and, and they're, the, they're the night before they have pizza, right? And he said, he didn't think anything about it, right? They had the big pizza party pretty often in, in esports, right? Is, is some junk food and Taco Bell and pizzas and things. That's all gamers, right? Yeah, like which we're not against, we live off of Mountain Dew and Taco Bell <laughs> and, <laughs> and pizza, a lot of Doritos. Yeah. A lot of Doritos and, and all the good stuff, right? He said he did that and the next day they had the worst tournament. And he realized maybe there's a connection between these two things. And so the next time they were playing, they changed their diet and they structured their diet the night before and the day of and everything like that. And the other team, the, the sponsors of the tournament were like, hey, we got pizza for everybody. And, he, and his whole team said no. And they're, everybody's looking weird, like, what, kind of, who are you, right? And the other team's like, yeah, sure. And they just destroyed the other team the next day. And he's like, that, that's why he, he, and he, and I've talked to him about the book a little bit. He loves it because he says this is so applicable to gamers because if you're not getting the results that you want in some aspect of your life, it is up to you to, to look and look at it and change it. And change it. in our book, it's about how to look at yourself and understand what needs to be changed. And so absolutely, like you're crazy to think that pizza the night before can affect your performance. But if you really want to win a tournament, maybe oh, yes. have the pizza after the tournament. Yeah. And that's the alternative. And then you wonder how much of that is education. Yeah. You know, do we teach our young to be powerful? No. 
internally. No. I agree with you. I don't, yeah. th- I don't think we do. I think individually homes certain are do a better job of it than others. Some focus yes. on it, some don't. But, but it is an interesting thing that, that we don't teach individual power. No. Or even show, forget about teaching, even showcasing how somebody can find it and yes. understand that everybody does have a journey and a successful journey. It doesn't have to be, you know, a theater on the second floor. You can yes. be just as happy, you know, without that. Yeah. Right. You Absolutely. Know, it's, in fact, you may son, even be I, happier. I don't know if I usually. could teach him some of those things, but I can certainly not keep him from having to struggle with it so he doesn't get a chance to prove himself. Yeah. You remember like when you were a kid and your parent would let you do something you hadn't done before, like use a tool yeah. or you yeah, know or, steer the lawnmower or anything you could do that you're like, oh, yeah, I could do this. This was pretty cool. Yeah. If we're not giving other people enough chances to prove themselves, this goes for our kids and our employees the same way. You have to let people fail. You have to let oh. people take risk and you have to say, I, I believe you can do it. Get to it. And I don't think we're giving enough room for people to take those risks. We say in the book, when you finally agree that you own the problem, yeah. you also own the solution. Yeah, I was when just thinking else, of that and said, just, just semantically, why is it failure? It, right? it, yeah. I mean, we use that word so Versus learning. frequently as opposed to learning. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Good point. And, and to say Growth. that it's a failure then changes your entire mindset. You know, I've always heard as, a, as an entrepreneur, and I know your story and you yes. are, and you obviously are, that, that the failure is not trying. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's really failure. the failure, right? That's because right. if you don't try, you're not getting anywhere. But just sitting here thinking about the way I communicate to some of our our team and our staff is, you know, to actually get rid of that word failure. And, and that's just a learning learn. opportunity. Yeah. And I think everybody I know, I would be a lot more receptive to somebody saying, well, you've learned to do this a little bit differently and not use that that word failure. as a failure. I mean, failure is great for a machine yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. A person that did <laughs> something and wasn't as successful yeah. is not, is not a failure. You learn or you, you, you succeed know. or you learn. I, th- I think failure is the, In, the result of your, your actions on the opportunity that was presented, right? The consequence. We talk about consequence in there. We talk about very much about how there's a lack of consequence in a lot of our world. And it might have started with gaming, actually, which is kind of a funny thing. I think way back in the day, I could press the reset button really fast if I didn't like the outcome. Oh, of the yeah. Game, oh, right? yeah. Wasn't that the great? Right? Yes. Like, that was yeah. the first thing. Or right? get a code. Or my friend was beating me, like, at, like, Street Fighter or something like that. And I could <clears throat> yank out the controller or, or you know, do something like that and be like, oh, well, no, it happened. <laughs> and, and so I was, I was spared the consequence of losing against them. But when I spared myself that consequence, I actually spared myself of the learning opportunity. And so that opportunity was no longer afforded. So now actually, for me in some way, I failed because I removed consequence. And I removed that opportunity to turn something good out Mm -hmm. of it. And so we talk about today's society, we've really insulated from consequence, right? So it's like, okay, I don't have, right, just passed the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Like, okay, well, I mean, inflation is all in our control, right? Stop buying a product if right. you don't like the price of it. Right. Don't just be like, well, I really have to keep spending money, right? Like, so there's all these things in, that this is applicable to. Consequence is good. 
Consequence is not negative, right? It's actually just reinforces that we can grow and we can continue to move forward. And so for for us, when we removed consequence, when we started the helicopter (coughs) parent generation, because it never was called helicopter parents. No. I mean, I think that started in the probably 90s, 2000s, kind of the turn there, right, where people, and so we started really watching our kids and we started insulating them from consequence. So don't do this because this will... Let them get a little hurt. Let them get a little dust on them. Let them get a little dirt on them. Get some scratches. And and they'll start to learn. And they'll start to learn that they're okay. And they'll start to learn that they have power and authority and that they have life and that their their problems were theirs and that they can control them and fix them. And when we started removing that, we started creating generations that need this message more than anyone before. There's no question. I mean, I see it not only with my kids and soon their grandkids' generation. I see it a lot with certainly in gaming with the retention of employees yes you know most people run companies will will these days and i don't think it's as acute as i hear is everyone wants to be hired with a vp yes title and, <laughs> and a salary with 200 absolutely VPs. no experience yeah, 200 VPs. doing anything yes. right yeah. you know just because Market's you play, right just because you were great at call of duty doesn't mm. mean you can run a game company you can manage people. <laughs> right like, <laughs> right and it just and they go no but i'm really good at that game and i understand the game so yeah. yes i can run the entire publishing operation <laughs> and and i want to be an evp with you know wonder uh, how that's going to turn out yeah and that, that turns out really well they go but this person's not doing it well, they go 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 game whatever it is <laughs> but it's interesting and I don't know if our parents' generation looked at our generation said the same thing. Oh, they did. Right? They did. I'm so sure. it's, it's every generation and, and we, we looks think it's, at that. It's, we think different it's words, a, but it's the same it, it, look of just dis- like, you, you know, know, you don't know talk. what hunger's like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had a bread a line. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and right? it is. And it's hundreds of years of, of this slow process of comfort, right? And, and we, we're very American-centric in this because I'm, I'm not going to speak on, on countries I haven't been to. I'm not going to speak on people that are living off of $3,000 a year, right. you know, things like right. that. Because, But we do kind of have that as an image that you can still find happiness no matter what you have. So if money isn't the happiness, then the happiness has to be in other things. And that's what we realize in this. And it's actually about just being accountable, right? Like understanding that you have control of your life and your own happiness. And that's really where happiness is derived from is yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Not from all the other stuff. There's no question. And in America, as we become more comfortable, our parents' generation probably said, well, you do it look, you get a bus to, to, to go to school, right? Or you have a car. And now somebody bought cars at 16 years old for everybody, right? And so everybody has a car. You couldn't imagine living without a car, even though the school is only four blocks away. Right. Right, you're going to drive, so you right. have that. Right. And so we've kind of removed all these things and these opportunities to learn how powerful we are and how great we really are and also maybe how much enjoyment there is in the rest of the world. And media does it to us, everybody. And so we talk about this in the very beginning that the whole – our, our American culture is telling us to be a victim. It's really good because victims buy a lot. And they they cap, do. You know, like they, they do because they want to solve this. And so now I, I'm going to buy a pill to solve this or I'm going to buy this. They, victims want everything to make it happen, as we talk about. Like I want a button that fixes this tomorrow and I'll pay for that button. But that button never fixes it because it's still here. And there's no button that can change me inside. I have to do the work. And we try to take people through the work that you need to do and give you confidence to do that so that every area of your life can eventually be a happy area. And that's why I just absolutely love the message. We put this together and we were really scared of the reception. And we've just gotten overwhelming like joy and love from people on this. People throwing the book because they were so upset. Well, no, I can't wait to, 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 to read it. I, I, I think I can do it on my... 
two and a half hour sure. flight tomorrow. It's, sure. It is not a, it is a very we'll pray you get flight. delayed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very I appreciate that. Very quick read. <laughs> Don't buy this book. Yes. And uh, we I'm know going people, through Dallas, I will get yeah, delayed. Yeah, um, right, you will. <laughs> there's, we know there, people that have read it three times already just because they wanted because they, they they needed to really reinforce it. It would this. also be fascinating, and I'm sure you've thought about this, is to solicit into some some website or some collective people's stories. Oh, yeah. Um, Almost as if you know exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, we didn't talk about this, but you're no, telling. We no, we didn't. We did not talk about we, this. We, but we yeah. do have this. So we have a website at nobodycaresbook.com, and on there is a community page where people can just post yes their story, story because That's what again it gets back to community, yeah. and and I think one of the things that a lot of our generation is that they lost this community that that we have. It, it's all about us, yes. you know. It's uh, it's 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 You're a, alone. It's it, it, yeah. It and it, which is which is kind of crazy because communication has opened up the entire world, but there is more loneliness and suicide and alienation and isolation than ever before. Yeah, and it seems somewhat counterintuitive that yeah. you can talk to the entire world. Exactly. And while you're doing that, you are actually being more isolated than any other generation ever. Well, you're and that's fascinating to me. Because you're manicuring what you're telling people, right? That communication isn't open communication. I only, what am I gonna share? Am I gonna share the fight? Am I going to share my insecurities? Am I going to share those things? Or am I going to share that my vacation pictures in the perfect frame with the background at Cabo that's just right? I'm going to take five pictures, check my smile, put my filter on. And so that communication isn't legitimate communication, right? And that's what I think is so, so great is like tear that down and be open. And we talk about a little bit. You have to be radically open and transparent if you want your life At least to be to yourself. Better. To yourself yeah, to I, start I, with. I, I'm hopeful, but I do, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. when you start seeing, certainly from, from a mental health perspective, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I know several families whose children have addiction issues, which yes. seem to be on the rise as Absolutely. well with, with the proliferation of drugs and what have you. I'm actually seeing more and more of them open yes. about saying... I have a troubled child. I'm I'm worried about them. We're trying to get them help until, like this says, until they want to get help. Can't, can't do anything. Uh, you, know, you, you can do all the 5150 holes. You can do everything. all those things until they're going to say, hey, this is my life. I don't want to jump off a balcony or whatever yes. that heartbreaking situation is. But from a parental standpoint, I am seeing a lot more of um, families acknowledging that they're not perfect. Yes. And what I see in absolutely every 100% of these situations is as soon as they say that, three other hands go up. Every time. Every Four time. other hands go up or say, you know, my brother's having my sister, my friend. And, and, and the support is, is, is so plentiful yes. yeah. if you just ask. If you, it, once you start caring. Or not even ask. Just say it's important to me yes and i yes i i I do think that that caring has certainly been challenged in in our society as i think the biggest thing that's been challenged is respect Mm. for other people their choices their decisions politically financially and otherwise it's it's, i think it's it's going to be a convoluted mess but i i love this i can't wait to read it so if in the time that we have left Yes, yes 
five suggestions for somebody that's struggling that says, I know I'm not, I hate this phrase, I, I know I'm better than what I'm doing, and, and better is the absolute worst choice of words. I could be achieving more. There's yes. more there. Yeah. There's more there. And it's not. It's not good, bad, or otherwise. There's just more there for substance in my own life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what one it is. What it is. I don't even know how to identify what that is. Yep. And my biggest fear. You're doing our book, man. <laughs> I love it. Is if I identify this, the hell do I do, do with it. that identification? Because. Since I don't know, I'm not capable of fixing it. Absolutely. Well, that's I mean, the our first, book. That, <laughs> so you just told that problem is exactly the way our book is structured Good. and talks to them. So the first part of it is identifying what you don't know and, and doing that. And then we step them through a process of what can you do and how to get through the emotional journey that's also going to happen along with this. Because sometimes you... But so you identify what, what you don't know. And, yeah. and I think... Certainly in business, and I'm sure you've seen that. I see it all the time. I probably practice this. I don't always know what I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> the, the first and, beginning and of that it. Fundamentally, does that if you know, it's kind of like pedaling a bike. Yeah. I don't know how to pedal it. Once I pedal it, it's going to start moving. Yep. I may fall. I may wobble, yeah. and it may not be the greatest, you know, yeah. cycling in the world. But until I know to push the pedal down, I have no idea how a bike works. So. We think most people are aware of what's going on. They just haven't acknowledged it. So you, you I, I'm not, I'm not shocked. I'm fat. I can step on the scale. I can button my pants. There's no mystery. I'm right. overweight. Right. So it's Ignoring not like I didn't it. know it, but I was like, oh yeah, come on, you know. And you kind of well, go, when I'm on an airplane and somebody asks for a belt extender, yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I could I go to the last a, part of the strap hint. still. That's a hint right. that yeah. maybe the cart shouldn't stop at your row, right? Yeah. Um, right. So the very yeah, beginning of the book right. says, take these two wheels and look at your life, your business and your personal life, because those are the core of what we do. And you declare. Where am I just not satisfied in the... Now, you could be overweight and say, I'm okay with it compared to my debt, compared to my crappy marriage, compared to the problem with my kids. I'm okay with my weight for today. But but you honestly answer where your satisfaction is. That's the first part. And then as you do that, you start looking at the pieces that have kept you from yes. fixing it. I used to blame everybody. I used to make excuses. I used to say that, well, I just can't do that. I don't know how. I couldn't sell my house. How can I sell my house and start over again? That's it's in, impossible. It's impossible. Or I'll just wait, and maybe next year I'll get more business, and then I'll have so much money that I raised, won't have to my, do that. My Christmas bonus. I'll pay minimum payments do on my credit card. Do people even know that they're dissatisfied? I mean, do you get caught up? Do you find from now that you've written the book and you've had yeah. enormous conversations that people are just living kind of energetically and now with positive there's just so much momentum in what they're doing and how they're doing it yes. that they it. don't even say am I unhappy so, so here's, here's, doing here's this? a great story for that you know, just there. fundamentally do they ask so themselves that we had a, a group on Monday that we talked to and I think this kind of does that is one of the young ladies that was in the group and and they all read the book as part of a leadership group and a book club and stuff and she said i was really skeptical at the very beginning of your book because i've seen a lot of self-help leaderships and stuff she's taking notes right she said the the more i started reading it the less notes i started taking the more i started to absorb and then i read through it and i gave it to my husband and he read it and it was very quickly which i was surprised they went back into their five-year plan and they changed everything like changed all sorts of things. She said, wow. we were going to buy a house yeah, next we year. Buy a house. Yeah. Right. We put that off because there were other things that we need to fix before we're able to buy the house. Fantastic. But we thought a house would make us happy. 
we thought that these things are the things that you do. And so many of us are going through this routine, this, like, we've got a plan, we're going to go to the plan, and that's going to be good. What we find out is as you go through this and the way that it, the, the stories are crafted in our stories, it starts to make you challenge, maybe, am I not happy there? Or, oh, I see there may be something, because if I'm truly happy, then I have no concern, no worry, nothing, no stress from this situation. Because if you're truly happy with where you are at whatever area of life, romantically, you're good, whatever, yeah. you wouldn't even think about it. But we challenge the readers to look at it and then go back and actually talk to somebody else, yeah, a trusted a person, and allow that person and have an upfront conversation saying, I want <coughs> you to challenge every one of my scores. And I want you to go through that and tell me because you know me and you like me and I need you to be the mirror. And I think right? that there's like a the reality truth. check that's necessary because I've lived in such a miserable existence for so long, I'm used to it. So if you say, are you happy? You'd be like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, how's your marriage? It's all right. Yeah, we don't really you hang out. Yeah. We're just married. We're just best right, you're friends. roommates. You know, right. Yeah, we're roommates. Right. Actually, someone yeah. said that. And, and when he scored his satisfaction assessment, he said his marriage, he was, he was gave it like a four. And they go, so what's with that? He goes, ah, we have had a horrible marriage for years. I don't care anymore. Well, if you don't care anymore, wouldn't you give it a 10? Since yeah. you're satisfied, you don't, you don't care. care. So it's, well, so you're not satisfied, but you, you say these words and you're lying to yourself. I'm okay that I'm in debt. I'm making minimum payments. I'm okay that I don't have I'm any survive in my life. And you, you, after enough time of doing it, you actually lie to yourself so much. You've forgotten what it was like to actually have a life you wanted and you've settled, and that's all you know. Yeah, I think yeah. that, you know, consistent with that, I think one of the things that I, I see, and I'm sure I feel in my life is, at times, it's hard to be vulnerable. Oh, very hard. Right, because then you really have to explore honestly, and yeah. that is, you know, you, you can't entertain any of this if, if you don't real. get to yeah. some sense of, I'm going to be vulnerable, but the medicine that's out there will yeah. cure yeah. whatever the disease if happens to be it, if you can open yourself you up for that. You can't be accountable without vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think... We talk about that. In the middle of the book, we actually tell people, if you're not ready for this, put it down. Stop. Don't Stop. finish the book. It's interesting. It I have these conversations. No, no one does. I am so glad you codified it into something that makes sense. I, I think you will absolutely love it. <laughs> I will absolutely because I care about these things and I and I see it. I see it in myself first and yeah. foremost. I yeah, I all, see, yeah. you know, it, and to say that, that that I don't, I see it all the time. I'm like, why do you do that? You know, and, and, and those kind of things. And I think one of the, the things I've I've learned to say and and maybe it's in here is it's okay to say no. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's one of the most powerful things you could ever say in your life is no to the things you don't want to say yes to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which allows you to say yes to something else. Which allows you to say yes, but it's hard yeah. to say no to something because sometimes you think, someone's going to get upset. They're yeah. not going to know what they're doing. Yeah. But no, yeah. no as, as somebody said to me once, no is the second best word in the English language, <laughs> uh, which I is like kind that. of interesting, right? It, I mean, and it all ties into kind of just owning yourself. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and that's, I think you'll love this. I think well, what absolutely. we wanted though is a practical guide yep. because what you say is there's no guide out there, right? Like we kind of are out there, but we're struggling and we don't know what, how to solve it, how to fix it, how to get happier. And we're buying products upon products upon products to try to make ourselves happy when actually the work is right in front of you. And this is the journeys that we've been on. We talked to lots of people about the exercises and how to do stuff and they're not perfect, but they're a starting place. And if you go through this book and you actually practice per chapter, go through the exercises, what you'll find is as you're reading the book, your life starts feeling better. 
you start feeling happier. Even though the whole first half of the book is about Nothing victims, changes. victims and stuff, our feedback is like, by it chapter went, three, I was feeling better because you're showing me how to fix it. And there's hope. And, there's and you hope know you're not alone. Life. And you're and and you, you I know, see that you guys went to, through this. to community. That yes, absolutely. Nobody wants to be alone, and we, we're not. And, and we're not, but we certainly seem to live in isolated world these days which is like i said it's counterindicative and counterintuitive with all the tools that we have from technology and communication yes. i the, i'm thrilled that you guys are here talking about nobody cares sailing time and robert hunt on the front and on the side yes hunt and, and tyne yes thank you Th thank this you. form is always available when you do volume two yes we um, are we are planning yeah. actually in the future to to do more sessions on this, if possible, about very specific areas. So we're just asking people if they reply, give us your, story. Give us your stories, and we see that people want to know more about that nobody cares that you're broke and things like that, then we can we can provide a very specific type of exercises that will help it in the same theme. I expect us to see quite a bit of this over the next five or 10 years. That's and, fantastic. And our goal is just Can I to, add one more thing to that? As to we get course. feedback, if you can give us your story, we can know what resources can best help you in your journey. Yeah. And we have a resource page, but we haven't filled it up yet. Okay. Because if everyone comes back and says, I'm in really bad debt and I'm struggling to make a, a, a decision or fix this, we can introduce them to counselors who are financial coaches, to tools like mint or free things that you can do yes. to make a real change but until we know what people need we don't know what tools to suggest we're not gonna put a thousand things on a page right. we want two of this and two of that so tell us your story tell us what your struggles are let us yes. know what you learned and then we'll go and bring the tools that will help you fantastic yeah in Thank the community we're all gonna get better if we do this yeah so that's oh without with, without a doubt I, I think it's great I can't wait I don't look forward to too many flights but, <laughs> but tomorrow I've got a reason to to look forward to it and I don't have to watch Netflix so yeah thank yeah. you both it's a pleasure to see you it's thank a pleasure you. to meet As you always love and this. Uh, go to Amazon yeah yep. Amazon Barnes and Noble everywhere everywhere and 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 by nobody cares until you do Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks thank so you. much. I Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the MAP Esports Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.